Hey, students. Happy Friday. You're listening to Answer the Gospel Questions with me, Brother Lawson, and Mr. Outdoors himself, Brother Eric Wing. Yeah, why'd you call me that? Well, I just, Brother Wing and I were talking earlier about, about camping. How do you, you're not, you're not anti-camping, are you? I mean, I like, I like camping and I like being outside. I love trail running. I like, I just like exploring outside. I just don't want to be in charge of anybody else. <laughs> so, 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 so taking, to go, out, you, taking young men on a camp out is, is maybe yeah. one of the scariest things that I can think of. Would you dare to go camping by yourself? I would rather go camping by myself than be in charge of teenage boys while I'm camping. <laughs> I mean, you and I both yeah. watched that show on the history. We watch alone, right? Where they go, they drop them off in the middle of the woods. And how long do you think you could last? I mean, if you had food and stuff, how long do you think you could last camping by yourself? Oh, I would for sure last at least 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm really good with the satellite phone. So I'd be like, yep, tapping out. Tapping yeah. out now. Oh, I can still see the boat driving away from me. Hey, come on back. Sweet yeah, back. <laughs> come on back here and get me. Now, the reason why I'm thinking about that, Brother Wing, is uh, this does have a connection to uh, to what we've been studying in the Book of Mormon, especially in these Isaiah, quote unquote, Isaiah chapters of the Book of Mormon. One of the things I love about camping, you might think this is weird, but I go camping in, every year. I try to go camping and backpack camping in Utah, where I just haul in everything that I got uh, to, for the week. And I go, I try to go for a week. Um, and I, I go to, I go in Utah to a place called the High Uintas. I like to fish and stuff up there. And, but I love, it seems like every day in the High Uintas around one o'clock, a little thunderstorm rolls in. And, and so, um, I like to get in my tent during those thunderstorms and I, there's, there's nothing more relaxing to me than, than the sound of rain on my tent, but also knowing that I am completely like my tent is set up properly. Everything is, is I'm going to be dry in there. I'm not going to get, my stuff's not going to get wet. I, I can just take a nap in there, just listen to the rain and not worry about, uh, stuff getting wet. That's a, that's a great feeling uh to be totally protected uh and being while hearing the storm uh go on outside i think that there's some imagery here similar to that in second nephi chapter 14 where uh we can see the protection that the lord offers us from the storm we'll we'll eventually get to the storm here in a second but uh let's talk about the protection that the lord offers for us what do you see in second nephi chapter 14 yeah, to kind of give it a little context, in chapter 13, we see all of these warnings against, quote, the daughters of Zion. Mm -hmm. But I wonder, you know, I wonder still, you know, Isaiah uses a lot of imagery, and it seems that in context, he's talking about the house of Israel itself, right. men and women right. uh, combined, and that he uses the symbol of the daughter, meaning the their potential, you know, like, right. and they're kind of squandering that with their attachment to worldly goods and, and the praise of the world and, and rejecting God. And so um, then when we get to chapter 14, he says in verse four, when the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion, or in other words, uh, 
when people, when the, when the people have decided to turn back to the Lord and repent of what they're doing. So men, women, and children all come back to the, back to God. And he, by his power, purges the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment, the spirit of burning, that they've gone through an experience there that has uh, purified them and sanctified them. And then this great verse, verse five, and the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies. Uh, so maybe is that saying a home and a church, a cloud of smoke by day and a shining of flaming fire by night, which is how he led the children of Israel um, through the wilderness. And so that we can be led in that way, miraculously guided by God as we've turned back to him, renewed our relationship with him through covenants and receive this blessing of being guided by him. But then in verse six comes a tabernacle. So maybe we're talking about temples here. Um, for a shadow in the daytime from the heat or and for a place of refuge, a, a covert from storm and from rain, that he provides these places of protection, a home, a church, a temple, um, the covenants that he provides, the protection that comes through him as we unite with him and follow his ways, which was described in chapter 12, that we have this place of the Lord to be with and um, and that we can get away from the world. The world's crazy. And it wouldn't, isn't it nice that you can take a break from the world, not die, but, but just take a break from the world and then go back to your life with greater strength. And that's essentially what we get when we go to sacrament meeting, or even especially more literally when we go to the temple that we are, that we're getting out of this. And we do have these places of safety and refuge and restoration. So in the next chapter, the, another um visual is brought brought to our minds from Isaiah of a vineyard that is a very well set up vineyard it's protected it has a hedge around it it's from all the animals and vineyard destroyer people that <laughs> and it's a it's a nice vineyard but uh at some point it's fenced there's i mean it's a beautiful area at some point when that vineyard isn't uh, being used properly or or understood properly, that hedge and that protection is taken away. And then briars and thorns and all types of terrible things are brought up. Similarly, when we when we choose to separate ourselves from the house of Israel by breaking covenants, uh, then that protection, that calm feeling that we get in our tents as the rain is coming, then all of a sudden, it's a little bit, it's a little bit chaotic and we're, we're just trying to run, run from place to place, trying to figure out what to do next. So what are some of the things that, that might happen when we choose to, to, or some of the warnings that the Lord gives to those who are choosing to separate themselves from their covenants? Yeah. With the imagery here that he looks in the grapes, you know, brought forth wild grapes, you know, in, in a sense, this is our righteousness or our connection with the Lord. And when the effects aren't there, then we lose the protection of God. And then the rest of chapter 15 is kind of a, there's lots of warnings for us, which you, we could look as, you know, these are cautions about what not to do or the, or the effects of making a certain choice and what it's going to lead to. And then we're like, well, I don't want that consequence. So I'm not going to do right. this. So in that, in that case, it's positive. We can see these as warnings for us and invitations in a way these are all kind of invitations to us to to uh, come back when we've when we've gone astray. But you see things like verse eleven, woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, 
that they may follow strong drink and that continue in the night and the wine in flame. Um, I want to talk about my wife here for a second. She had a great application <laughs> of this verse. Oh, good. I, <laughs> I have to emphasize the word application, not a literal <laughs> thing, but um, she was she was talking about one time how if she when she wakes up, what's the first thing she's looking at, you know? And if it's social media, is she not in some way doing the same thing, rising up early after strong oh, food, you know? And yeah. this is a likening uh, here. And so it made me laugh, though, because she's like, I just that verse in Isaiah that really taught me something. And I jokingly said the one about following strong drink. And she's like, yeah, she's that's like, yeah. I was like, oh, wait, we need to talk. But, um, you know, so. Are we turning to God first? Like, is this how we're starting our day to turn to right. the Lord? Or are we oh, starting that's a great application? Turning to social media or some worldly thing. And in that case, we're kind of we're inflamed by the world uh in that way. So um she that was a great um way to liken the scriptures and use them in our day. You look at verse 13. I know you'll have something to say about this too, Brother Lawson, but um verse 13 says, My people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. And it's it's interesting to think about the the bounds that we set upon ourselves by our lack of knowledge of the Lord, um, and the limit and the uh, you know kind of the traps that we put ourselves in. Maybe even use the word addiction here to talk about the things that people get involved in because they don't turn to the Lord, or they rejected God, or they rejected some commandment, and it led to captivity. Yeah, I was actually also thinking about um, President Nelson's talk where he mentioned uh, lazy learners and lax disciples will always struggle to even even a particle of faith. That's I think that's an interesting sign, uh, an, an interesting dilemma that we have in the last days is when there is no when there is no law, knowledge because we've been lazy learning and lax in our discipleship. Then all of a sudden we we maybe unknowingly we put ourselves into captivity. I was just re actually I'm reading President Nelson's book and uh, his latest book that he wrote, and he talks about how he's mentioning how laws provide freedom, but when we don't know laws and when we don't have covenants, then we have no then we're just like we're just floating around trying to figure stuff out on our own, which is not the greatest way to go through life. It's almost a we're in a limited, we're in a limited uh, space now. We're captive to whatever we know. When we when we have the Holy Ghost with us, who knows all things, then we are not captive to human knowledge. We are we our knowledge is is unlimited because we can know what the Holy Ghost or what our Father in Heaven knows. And so, uh, captivity and knowledge are are very closely and. And tightly connected. Yeah. And this goes back to scripture study and not just what we're learning conceptually from the scriptures, but how we're understanding in the heart what the scriptures mean and how they apply to us. And there's really no other way to learn the gospel than by revelation. And so right. we're we're studying from the revelations, but if we're only using our brain to do that, we're not actually getting very much. Right. Like it has to be a, a a situation where our heart is involved, and we're inviting the word to be planted in our heart. Then we get this understanding, this knowledge that I think is being talked about in verse 13 that we need without that knowledge, we find ourselves in some form of bondage. Right. Excellent. 
All right, students, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Answers to Gospel Questions. I wonder who you could share it with. Go ahead and do that. And until next time, everybody, we love your guts. Stay righteous. See you next time.